Hi everyone, my name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Flock, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Howdy ho. Howdy ho to you, sir. Yeah. Today's topic is very near and dear to my heart. It is women in leadership. Nice. Pastor Joel, will you give us some background about this topic, sir? Yeah, well, half of humanity is being limited in the church. Um, women tend to be held back from men mm. or by men from leadership positions without a non-contradictory reason for doing so. And ultimately, we even see a lot of times men bullying women into being in more, you know, quote-unquote submissive roles. Awesome. So, well, I should say not awesome. That sucks. How, can you explain to us how people have been hurt by this topic in the church? Yeah, many, many denominations are hindering women in being leaders, telling them it's their job to submit mm -hmm. to leadership, to submit to the, to the men in the church, and just to do what they're told. You know, although for some reason it tends to be okay for them to be in roles in music or in children's ministry, which, I don't know, do these men or leaders not see those as leadership positions? But mm. regardless... <clears throat> What this conflict comes down to, like so many that we've covered, is the definition of the word leadership. Wow. So how do they support this position in the Bible? We can see from 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 Timothy 2, both stating that women should be quiet in the church. Um, there's also verses that talk about, a that, and for instance, Ephesians 5.22, Colossians 3.18, talk about women submitting so and even first corinthians eleven three, talking about the husband being the head of the wife so these verses that talk about the role of a wife or the role of a woman being submissive and being quiet in the church are used these i would say these contextual scriptures are being used to to basically hinder women from stepping into anything that would be considered a leader in the church. So how would someone argue against this? What's what's the actual issue going on here? The issue is the definition of leadership. Okay. So what I would do is I if if I was a woman being hindered in this way or even as a man if I saw another man hindering a woman in this way, what I could do is ask that person what their definition of leadership is. A lot of times what will happen is people will answer that with uh, a leader is someone who has influence or a leader is someone who has followers. Yep. Or I could do a follow-up and ask them if, you know, was Satan a leader? Or I could say, you know what? If leadership comes down to influence, if, if they see a person slip on a banana and are influenced to walk a different way, would they call that person who influenced them that way their leader? Hmm. Okay, watch out for that banana peel. 
Wow, what a great leader. My, what, a great, what an inspired leader. What a great leader. Yeah, that's amazing. And very inspired. <laughs> oh, man. But ultimately, a leader facilitates the purpose and progress of another person. A boss facilitates their own purpose and progress at the expense of other people. Okay, so what do you mean by they facilitate the purpose and progress? What is that? What do you mean by purpose? What do you mean by progress? Right, purpose would be like who they are. Progress okay. would be making like um, walking the path of who they are. Cool. And facilitating would just be a catalyst. So cool. I add energy to this person's ability to understand who they are and live that purpose out. Awesome. Yeah. A boss isn't just someone who facilitates their own purpose and progress. That's fine. We all facilitate our own purpose and progress. We all ought to know who we are and we all ought to bring the energy we need to live that out. The issue is a boss does so at the expense of other people. Nice. But if we notice too, though, one of the results or an effect of being a leader, if I'm going to facilitate your purpose and progress, the effect is that I'm a servant, that I'm serving you. Mm. So anyone who uses the term servant leadership is actually showing they don't have the non-contradictory understanding of what leadership is. And they actually, in that moment, are showing that they they very well could be a boss themselves. And so that, if you need to so if you need to say servant leadership, then that shows that whatever they believe about leader or leadership is not related to serving. Right. And I want to know what type of leadership is what's non-servant leadership? <laughs> well, that's that's a boss. Nice. So at the very least we see, you know, people saying servant leadership are just proven they don't have God's understanding of what a leader means or what a leader is when it comes to women in particular. Because mm -hmm. so far all the defense strategy, defense strategy has to do just with the definition of leadership. But when it comes to women, you could even ask, what about Deborah, the judge? She was God's leader to his people. Nice. Or yeah. even in Romans 16, we see Phoebe, the deaconess. So there are these women who, Hold really, really important, just as important as any men leadership positions in the Bible. So that would be another way to, for a person or a woman to defend themselves against somebody who's hindering them in their ability to be a leader. Awesome. So the strict perspective is then women are to be quiet, they're to submit, and men are in charge over them. Yes. That's what that strict perspective is. Awesome. So then we are going to, at this time, take a call from Pastor Richard Tater. Uh-oh. Go ahead, Pastor Dick. You're on the line. Oh, uh, yes. Hello, Pastor Joel, Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater. Uh, need I remind you, Richard Tater, but, you know, that's fine. My friend, call me Richard. Y'all can call me Dick. That's fine. 
Uh, now, being the pastor of the largest church in McMillan, Alabama, I do have so much to say upon the matter of women in leadership. You know, something I tell my wife is, I sit down and I say to my wife, Mother, you need to submit or you are disqualifying yourself for playing the organ and leading the congregation during worship. Now, there's a conversation that I have had with her multiple times because liberal ideas keep slipping their way into our household, and it needs to be smothered right quick. So uh, I will go ahead and hang on the line, and uh, I'll, I'll hang up and uh, get the feedback. Uh, but as always, this is my favorite podcast. To hate. God bless. Wow. <laughs> wow is right. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Dick. Yeah. Uh, appreciate your call. Uh, as always, thank you. Um, love your passion, your enthusiasm. Pastor Joel, do you have somewhat to say upon this matter? Well, Pastor Pastor Dick, I did appreciate his call. Mm -hmm. And he used the word submit like we did in the strict perspective. So I think we can see what side he lands on. But this actually brings up uh, a whole other topic I want to discuss is the difference between subjection and submission. Nice. So when I, when I subject a person or subjection in and of itself is forcing a person to take a lesser position against their will. Nice. Okay. Submitting or submission is a willful decision of a person to submit to someone else. Ideally with that recognizing in faith that that person they're submitting to is going to be about their best interest, which it brings up this other side, this other way we help women defend themselves about, uh, especially against abusive men in the context of submission is if they're submitting to their husband, what that implies is they always have the right to ask him when he tells her something she should be doing, how is this for her benefit? The person submitting benefits from the person they submitted to. So ultimately we see with submit with subjection and submission is really a person's will is in the balance. Mm. Is it against their will or is it a willful decision? Mm -hmm. If I'm a husband saying to my wife, submit, and I'm bullying her into that, I'm not actually helping her submit. I'm actually putting her in subjection to me. Nice. So the wife ought to take direction from the husband, the same as the church takes direction from Christ. However, everything the husband says to the ought to be for the benefit of the wife. The way Christ, everything he said and did is a benefit to the church. Right. And so how do people bring up the, this topic of submission? Does, does, is Pastor Richard Tater bringing up submission for his wife's benefit? Is he bringing that up for her? Or are these pastors, these leaders bringing up the word submit for their own benefit? I don't hear people talk about this much unless it is somebody trying to boss someone around. Like how often do we hear a, a pastor or a leader say submit to somebody or a husband say that to his wife and it's for the wife's benefit? I don't know if I ever do. I've never heard it. Yeah, I'm sure Pastor Tater never has his wife do anything 
that only benefits him. <laughs> All right, Pastor Joel. So let's hit this, the other side of the argument. Let's hit the loose perspective. Okay, so the loose perspective is going to be women can and should be in any role. Put your seatbelts on here. Okay. Because this is a perspective that's different than especially what the world holds to be true. Okay. And even different than what we're seeing happen in the church. But there's no difference between men and women. We're all equal. That would be this loose perspective. Hmm. So women can and should, should being a key word, should be in any role. Hmm. Okay. Because men and women are equal. So how have people been hurt by that perspective? This perspective has been limiting women to have them be equal with men. So I'll say it this way. Should women be in any role? No. I think there are roles in the church. There are leadership positions that are that are better filled by men doesn't mean women it doesn't mean women can't be in those or couldn't be in those roles it means that they would actually be making themselves lesser mm. to fill those roles what we're saying here is that why this is loo this loose perspective is really really it's this feminist movement mm. being brought into the church the flaws of the feminist movement are it's making women equal to men. What it doesn't account for is that women are more excellent than men. Hmm. Naturally, women are greater than men. So why, when a when a woman is trying to be equal with a man, she, she's actually hindering her abilities as a woman. She's actually hindering herself and bringing herself down to the quality of a man. Hmm. Which applies to leadership as well. If there are leadership positions that are be better filled by men, it's not because men are better. It's because men really are created to put fires out. And women are created to create, to be profitable. Hmm. <laughs> Look at Proverbs 31. Oh, perfect, yeah. Proverbs 31 yeah. shows women are so profitable and so excellent and they are creative beings mm -hmm. men are just about let's just knock out one fire at a time we're not going to be really great creative beings we're just problem solvers and there are positions in the church that are that are more in line with that where a woman yeah she can put fires out too but is she limiting herself from what greater things she could do. So I want to make this really clear. What we're saying is women are more excellent than men. And that's why when they try to be like men, they're actually hindering themselves. Wow. If there's someone who's arguing the case that men and women are equal, I mean, women used to be by the church seen as less, you know, like, they used to use the word, you know, the women are, um, you know, fragile. What's that? What's the scripture? The weaker vessel. The weaker vessel, yeah. meaning less intelligent, meaning less, less able. able. Yeah, yeah, less able to lead. 
And there's been so much work that people have done to make men and women equal that now it seems like the fact that women are more excellent, people could have been fighting the wrong battle. Yeah. So how do how would you address that? Well, now we're we're getting past the leadership thing and we're really talking about the difference between men and women. So one of the questions I could ask these people who are trying to really push this men and women are equal perspective is ask them, are you saying that women are equal to men? And it's interesting to to see the response to that question because I think even these women who are pushing this feminist equality movement, I'm not saying women shouldn't be doing things to make their lives and the lives of other women better. But the feminist movement is actually hindering women from being better. Mm. It's actually reinforcing that they should be treated more like men. This question when asked, are women equal to men? It's these women who are really pushing this this agenda to get things better for women. I think they intrinsically know that women are more excellent than men. So they get unsettled with that question. But another thing, if I'm going into the scriptures, what I'd like to show these people is that there are verses that talk about us cleaving to God. Mm-hmm. It also says that the husband cleaves to his wife. Mm. So cleaving to a person, that's really what we see here is if we cleave to God and a husband cleaves to his wife, this cleaving is the same word. Hmm. Which one's the greater being? Yeah. Well, we know between man and God, God's the greater being. Mm -hmm. Man cleaves to God. Mm -hmm. Well, with the husband and wife, if the husband cleaves to the wife, which one's the greater being? That would be the wife. The wife. Wow. So so ultimately, my my confrontation to these people on the loose side would be asking them a question in line with, are you saying women are equal to men? Mm. So when you see this going on in the church, now that we have both of these sides laid out, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm sad. I'm sad for women. They're not given more leadership opportunities. I'm sad that women think that they'd be better off if people treated them as men. Mm. I think there's a lot more women could be doing in the church. And I think a lot of this, I get bummed out for women being hindered, but at the same time, I get bummed out over the seeming complete lack of understanding of what it means to be a leader. Where are the leaders? Mm. That's what I think. Where where are the where are the leaders in the church? Mm. People who are actually facilitating the purpose and progress of other people. Right. So what is this about Pastor Joel? Well, again, it does. It comes down. You just named it. It comes down to the definition of a leader. So what's this what's the church guarding against? Do we not want more leaders? What's the church guarding against when it comes to not letting women be in leadership positions? Now, maybe maybe we don't want more leaders if mm. what it means to be a leader is you're being in charge. Nice. The thing is, in the church, if we get this right definition of a leader, we can all be leaders. Nice. There can only be one boss. 
And bosses don't like to be bossed around. But the reason there can be, everybody can be a leader is everybody can facilitate the purpose and progress of everybody else. In fact, a true leader wants to be led by other people as well. Mm-hmm. They don't want to only lead. Right. They appreciate when someone leads them. So I see, I see this manifest itself in a few different ways. And one of the ways is there are people who limit women and they think that leadership is about people doing what you say. They're either prideful bosses or they're humiliated in, in subjection, not submission, but they're being subjected to their leaders. So these are the people I actually feel sorry for this group of people, people who are either bosses or people who are being humiliated. Mm. Then there's the group of people that, you know, I understand why they're doing what they do. These are people that are stuck in this culture of humiliation, this culture of subjection. They believe leaders are bosses and they point to the Bible after 1 Samuel 8. 1 Samuel 8, something happens. Mm. Prior to 1 Samuel chapter 8, men were actually about women. Men actually facilitated the purpose and progress of women. We see Sarah tells Abraham to marry Hagar. We see Leah tells Jacob that he's with her. So these, these men were actually doing things for the women and women were in these positions of facilitating. God never meant so that first Samuel chapter eight, mm-hmm. what happens there is pivotal in the story of Israel mm. in the story of humanity. Cause God never meant for first Samuel eight to happen. What happened in first Samuel chapter eight is Israel asked for a king like the other nations. Mm. And this is when things changed. This is when men started bossing. And this is when even the roles of men and women started switching. So that's where what what I can under, I can understand when people are stuck in this culture. Because a lot of times when we see even examples of husbands and wives and men and women interacting in scripture, after first Samuel chapter eight, things got messed up. Wow. So I understand people who think that the goal is to be in charge. Mm-hmm. I understand it. Yep. And then there's the people I'm impressed with. I wish there was more of these people. But the people I'm impressed with are people who recognize the role of a leader as a servant. Mm. And that any person can and should be that. Nice. These people focus on their own uniqueness. And the effect is others look to them for help in their purpose and progress. So that's really this, the people I'm impressed with understand what leadership is and they understand it's a responsibility. It's not about the perks of being in charge. It doesn't mean you're in charge at all. Mm. I can be a leader and not be in charge. Nice. That's amazing. So what is the ultimate answer? As far as women and leadership goes, the ultimate answer is women can and should be leaders if they want to. And again, that that leaves it up to them to make this willful decision. This is easy to see. This this may seem 
like a weird perspective in the church. Women in leadership. But if I have the right definition of leadership, it makes complete sense. Women and men ought to be in any role they want if they're facilitating the purpose and progress of another person. Sounds like the way the church is supposed to be. Sure does. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.